Hello everybody and welcome to the Glory Reds FC. It's me Benito, your host for today. And today I have decided to remind you United fans of what's really important. I want to remind you guys of this one man that's in the middle of what seems to be the biggest storm that we have been in especially when it comes to scandals and problems like united not that we're not not that we're not um not that we have this has never happened to us we have been in the headlines for a lot of things in the past but it just seems like at this present time we are in the middle of a storm like we have the situation with Jaden sancho the situation with uh, Anthony, and then we had the situation with Mason Greenwood. So it just seems to be problem and issue after issue. Man United can't seem to take a break. And you can imagine this team, this very team that you see right now, had it not been for Eric Ten Hag, I don't know. Like, I know that we're in the middle of a lot of problems. But I can tell you right now that the person that we need to be behind and remembering is Eric Ten Hag. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Eric Ten Hag. I know some of you know your history about Eric Ten Hag. I'm sure when he came in, a lot of you did your research and found out a lot of things. And I commend you for that because we need to know our manager. But at this very, very moment, I just wanted to remind people... I just wanted to remind everybody about what this man has really done at the club since arriving. Because I don't think any manager that wants to take the Manchester United job is expecting to be dealing with so much problems. Issue after issue after issue. Like, Eric Ten Hag can't catch a break. My gaffer can't catch a break. So, I just want to remind you that, first of all, that Eric Ten Hag, he inherited the worst United squad in the history of our club. If you don't know our club very well and, or little, just know that that, 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 that Ole and then Ranić era, like that team, if you ever saw a manager being Ole, like the, the, the last bits of Ole and Ralf Ranik, that was the worst United squad ever in the history of our club. And the worst part is that we had CR7 in that. It makes no sense. But then again, we're going to talk about this and say that no, all of this goes back to the top. It does. However... This manager came in, and the first thing that he identified was the fact that these players don't have discipline. There was no discipline at the club. He's a disciplinarian. I think one thing a lot of you United fans, those that are listening, would agree with me is the fact that our players right now are more disciplined. I mean, forget about what's going on with Sancho. Forget about these issues that are happening right now. But just look at how he came into the squad there and instilled discipline. Finding players when they come late. You sleep, oversleep, or you miss a training session, or you do this, you get fined, or you 
you don't start you know these things are the sm- are little things that we missed that we've been missing since Alex Fergie because Alex Fergie used to implement this kind of um, regime at United and everybody else that came after him the players had already developed this power that they were the ones calling the shots the players were the ones calling the shots Manager after manager after manager after manager came and left United because of players. Because of players having some sort of power. You know, I... I Mourinho is one of my favorite managers out there. Like, he has a, he, he's the special one. And he also has a special place in my heart. But the way he, his time at United was really, really unfortunate. Because, I kid you not... And Jose Mourinho is an elite manager. I don't know if people still consider him that right now. I do. He's an elite manager. And at the time when he came at United, he was an elite manager. He won trophies with us, silverware with us. Let me not put it out there because everybody wants to quant- um, quantify our, 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 the, the, the trophies that he won. We won the Europa. We won the, the charity uh, the Community Shield, and we won the Carabao Cup. But people will be like, eh, eh, eh. you know, people will say what they want to say based on how they feel. Or So at the time that he did, he came in and won trophies. And nobody had won trophies prior to that. Like, we hadn't won anything after, by the time he had come in. He comes in, he leaves, and we have not won anything since, right up until this man, Eric Ten Hag, comes in. Ole took us to semifinals and finals. I don't know how many semifinals and finals we had been in, but we never actually won anything. You know what I mean? And Ole had a very different kind of mentality, a different kind of way of coaching or managing these players. He was their friend. He was their boy. You know, he wasn't somebody with authority. These players could just do what they want. So here comes Eric Ten Hag from Ajax. He comes from an institution where discipline is right up there at the top. You know, a proper club that has got a very good academy. It is built, it's his, it, 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 has, it has history. Ajax has history. So he comes from there, comes to United and notices that there's this mess that's going on. Mind you, we already knew what was going on at United. We knew that there was a mess. We knew that there was player power. We knew that there were these players that had cliques, you know, like they, they had groups. You know, there were these cool guys, there were these guys, there were these guys, and you these guys. And you can't have that in a football team. Everybody needs to be united. If you guys are fighting for one cause, and if you remember back in the days, players used to complain. I remember Fred complaining, saying that, you know, we as players, we all need to have the same goal. You know, this is Fred, somebody who's already left the club. But at the time, he was talking about how there was just... I mean, he was insinuating that there was dysfunction in the club, in the dressing room, without actually saying it. He just said that, no, we all need to be fighting towards the same cause. You know, Luke Shaw would come out there and say that, absolutely not good enough. We got bits of that, of players coming out and kind of hinting at the struggles that are happening at United. But I'm sure some of you were not paying attention to this and you were just like, what's going on with United? Why do we keep on losing? Nah, 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 nah. The Glazers this, nah, nah, nah. Fine. So Eric Ten Hag comes in. 
So the first thing he comes in and does is he instills his discipline. He makes sure that everybody is on the same page. He doesn't want anybody to not know what is going on. And I think that is a very important thing. Because one of the things that Sir Alex Ferguson said is like for a manager to be successful, he has to have control. The moment a player <coughs> undermines your authority, he has to go. It doesn't matter who that player is. That player has to go. That is a rotten apple. So Ericton Hart comes into this dysfunctional Manchester United team and analyzes and sees what we're missing and sees what we're lacking. And we were lacking so many things. And there were just so many mistakes from previous managers. And one of the, and one of the biggest mistakes, and I think people are not even understanding this. Maybe they're seeing it now because it has happened. It has already happened. One of the biggest problems that we had at United was Harry Maguire being captain. Forget about him being the player. No, it was him having the captaincy. Now, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer gave him the captaincy as the manager. Now, it's very difficult to take somebody out of captaincy. Do you understand? It is very difficult, and especially if the player's good. If the player's good, it's very difficult to take away the captaincy once it's already been given or dawned on, or upon you, you know, to you or whatever. You know, it's very difficult. So, we had, there had to be a reason to strip Harry Maguire from his captaincy. And lo and behold, his performances were just not cutting it. And it just made the job easy. Now, I know to us is what we want. And in reality, it is a very difficult thing because you're kind of like telling this player that, listen, you're not good enough to wear this armband. And it's crushing to the... Because Harry Maguire is a human being. You know what I mean? Let's forget about them being professional. They're human beings. So just as much as it will be hard for him to, re for you out there to receive bad news, it's the same thing with him. Except that he gets 300000 a week and he's a professional athlete. That's the only difference. So he's supposed to kind of like take it. You know what I mean? So he eliminates that situation. And now we are in that issue. Like he started that last season because he was benching Maguire. Because he managed to bring in the centre-backs that he wanted. You see? Brought in Martinez. Brought in Malasia. Uh, um, Varane was already in there. So, uh, he resurrected one Bissaka's um, career. Like, this is one of the things that people don't even see. Like, he resurrected a lot of people's careers. And I think even Fred himself, which is one of the biggest losses that we have, that we, right now, when I look at the squad that we have right now, Fred is one of the biggest losses because Fred had an amazing season last season under Eric Ten Hag. He had more goals and more assists when he got in. Yes, he had his Fred moments, but he was much better than some of the people. Well, well let me just say Scott McTominay that has stayed behind. Now, Scott McTominay is a very good player as well because when you deploy him in the position, in his strength, he's a very, very good player. But the problem is, where does he fit into the Manchester United squad? Because he's an attacking player. Scott McTominay started as a striker. So he has that striker mentality. Now we're trying to put him in the midfield. He lets people through. So he has come in and identified these issues and fixed them. He dealt with one of the bombshells of last season, Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, I don't really have anything bad to say about Cristiano Ronaldo I actually enjoyed his interview and I felt like I mean we're going to look back 
um, years from now and be like, I think we've already started doing that. I think for some of us that actually know our club and understand, I think some of you like were like, you know what? It had to be done. Now, it couldn't have... It, like, Cristiano Ronaldo was the only person to do what he did, do that interview that he did uh, with Piers Morgan, the way that he did it, and sort of get away with it. I mean, I, I'm not saying that he got away with it because I didn't really like what he said about Eric Ten Hag because he didn't give him chance because they clashed. You know, they didn't... Um, they had that issue with him not playing... Ronaldo during the Man City game and also the Tottenham game and then Ronaldo walked out, you know, that, you know, th those were disrespectful moments from Cristiano Ronaldo but he came out and they clarified that and they fixed that but they seemed to be some sort of underlining problems in the squad, you know but he managed to deal with the Cristiano Ronaldo with, um, issue with grace, he managed to terminate C Cristiano Ronaldo's um, contract, I mean seasons before that, he was our top goal scorer. He put us where we were. So I appreciate that season that Ronaldo gave us because, I mean, it was a, it was a bittersweet return from Cristiano Ronaldo. And unfortunately, it happened the way it did, but it had to happen. Now, these are difficult situations, difficult calls that he had to, to, to make in order for him to build the squad in his image. That's what every manager tries to do. Try to build the squad in his own image. Try to instill the principles and the ideologies that they have and the philosophy that they want to see in the field. Like, they have to have some sort of control. They have to have absolute control over the team. I'm sorry. So he managed to deal with that. And, he, okay, fine. So he dealt with that. And now this season... And then... That season, yes, we started off. We went to. A, we started off very poorly. We got smashed, like, and we didn't even understand what was going in. And he made some very smart um, signings. You know, um, I mean, all some people are like, "Why did he buy Casemiro? Uh, he's he was spent." We bought Casemiro, and he was thirty. And I know maybe the price. Um, seems a lot, but when you look at the caliber of the player, Casemiro was no is not just any ordinary player. You know, Casemiro is a V12. You know what I mean? He's an he's a Rolls Royce. He's an elite player, and you can imagine being as elite as he was. He was about to lose his place. I mean, he had lost his place at Real Madrid, so it made sense. Like who Casemiro could have gone to anybody else. But he decided to bring him to United. That was a very smart move. I think that was a signing of the season for us. And considering the fact that for years, I'm talking after Carrick, Michael Carrick, we've never been able to replace, put somebody in, and, and oh, we tried with Matic, you know, but I mean, I mean, no, we did. But, you know, he left and it seemed like he was getting old or I don't know how everybody felt. I was okay with Matic being there because he was, to me, was also kind of like those guys with the elite ma mentality. So I liked Matic. People just didn't like how slow he was. But I really loved, you know, when we bought him from Chelsea, I thought it was like, I was, I was, I was losing my mind because I was like, this guy, when he was at Chelsea, was a problem. Now imagine he's with us. 
and he's there. But okay, after Matic, we haven't and under Herrera, we haven't been able to fix that problem. And that has been a long time ago, by the way. It's been a while. So we haven't been able to fix that position. We've been trying Fred and Scott. It's not been working. And you guys have been able to see that. We've tried with Pereira. We've tried with everybody. We've, we, we did the most. So he comes in, he brings in Casemiro, slots him in there. He signs Ericsson for free. That's also another fantasy player that I, you know, I wish I had Ericsson, young Ericsson, maybe 27 years old Ericsson. But, I mean, we still got Ericsson. And, I mean... Like I said, I think you guys have always heard in my, in my podcast, I, 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 I like a, a comeback story. So Ericsson's comeback story is just one of those inspiring things. And for him to actually play for Manchester United was a big deal for me. And I'm not actually diminishing the kind of the quality that he is. No. But he kind of reminds me of a Juan Mata. Somebody that the legs are done, like the speed of the Premier League. I don't know. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. But he always seems to handle himself. I mean, he's been playing 90 minutes. Cool. He's finished. He's fixed that problem. Um, he's brought in a winger, uh, in Anthony, who, okay, we're ignoring. This is just ignoring the, the situation that's currently going on. But he brought in Anthony. And then he goes out there and he changes the team. He brings in coaches. He brings in Benny McCarthy, somebody that he has played with or worked with before, you know. During the Ajax times when Benny McCarthy was a player. And Benny McCarthy was a good striker. We saw that the evidence in Rashford's style of play last season. He was, he was a winger, but he looked very lethal, almost like a striker, like a winger striker. It made no sense, but he looked very dangerous. And Benny McCarthy, I am pretty sure he had some sort of factor in that. And these are positives. These are things that we need to appreciate as a club because they were not there. You remember the time when Marcus Rashford, when we were expecting him to start against Wolves, but he got benched because he overslept and he missed the team talk or uh, something like that and he was punished. But then he redeemed himself and which is what we wanted. He brought that togetherness in that team. You remember the time when those defenders, Varane, the Butcher, Spider, the Lord, like, Everybody was Luke Shaw. Everybody was high-fiving the hair, you know. Like, everybody high-fiving. Uh, get in there. Get in there. He, he kind of brought in players that would have that kind of effect. Now, I know it has faded away, but then these are positive um, additions to the squad. Leaders. We've, man, we've not had a lot of leaders in the squad. Now, we have leaders. We have so many leaders in the squad. It's just not jelly. We have Mason Mount. We've got, like, Bruno, Casemiro. Now we've got Sofian Amrabat coming in there. Amrabat, Varane, Martinez, Luke Shaw when he comes back. Juan Bissaka is stepping up. Uh, Rashford. Hoyland is coming in. I know he's young, but he is a player that has got the right attitude. You know, the right, like, he has the right mentality, you know. So it's... Bruno Fernandes, you know, we've got, we've got the players to come in there and fix Mason Mount, who is going to come in. We've got the players who've got the right mentality to go out there and do the things that he wants. To play in the, in the way that he loves to see his team play. Because I think for a long time, I think maybe last season, we got glimpses of um, Ten Hag football. But this season, 
We've been four, played four games already. I don't think we've seen Eric Ten Hag football. We've see, I mean, I've seen what he's trying to do um, in terms of the way we are playing, but then it seems like the players are not, they're not getting it fast or they're not... I don't know what's going on. So he's come in and brought a lot of positivity amongst and regardless of all of, all of that positivity that comes in there with everything, he also has to deal with these bombshell issues. Players not dis- respecting him. Like the Jaden Sancho situation, I absolutely believe it's disrespectful. We are going to get talks. We're going to get some sort of def- um, definitive statement or some sort of information about what's the um, resolve between Jaden Sancho and the manager um, this week, probably today, hopefully. But um, you can tell that you look at managers that have gone to other clubs. I can, okay, for example, you look at uh, Maurizio Pochettino. He's gone to Chelsea. Yes, he's been plagued with injuries to his squad, but he's not had that, he's not had issues that he had to deal with or fires that he had to put out. You know, he's kind of like in his honeymoon phase. He's still buying players. They're still linked with players. Our manager hasn't had that. And at the same time, people still want to go behind his back and still stay and say that he's a fraud. We need to start calling him out. Blah, 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 blah. No. When Ole came into the squad, like when we signed him and when we made him manager, which was a mistake, you know, he came in as an interim and we just took into that feel-good factor. You know, we tapped into an emotional momentum that ultimately just crashed at the end because we were now exposed to um, Ole's tactics. We knew that Ole was not good enough. We knew that as a coach, Ole wasn't elite. He wasn't right for the club. However, as a mate or as a man-manager, like he had his ways. But again, his man-managing was also flawed because he played players when they were still injured. He played them to, he played them till the wheels came off, you know? in the name of just trying to... Uh, and played players that shouldn't have been playing. And when players played... Like, for example, I'll give an example to Eric Bailly, who is one of my favorite defenders that unfortunately has gone. And I get it because he was always plagued with injuries. But he was that defender that was not given the time to shine. He would play a difficult game against Chelsea, absolutely dominate the game, and then the next game he's benched. And you don't even ask, you, you, you wonder why, why, what did he do, you know? And the guy looks fit. And you know, there were moments where he stayed in our club fit, but just not playing. And then got injured and just carried on being injured and being, you know, it's just one of those things. So Eric Ten Hag has come to Manchester United as a disciplinarian, a man that believes in commitment, hard work. He wants his team to have a lot of ball possession. He wants his team to high press. He wants the play, he wants the football to have a style of play. You know? Something that we have not had for a long time. We had no identity. We used to watch during all this time, we were the counter-attacking team. We just used to sit back, catch teams on the break. If they just made a mistake, then we would just launch Rashford, Martial, and Greenwood after them, and they would go there and do the job 
And those are not good enough for a good club or an elite club. I mean, I'm calling ourselves an elite club, but we are not. Like we, the, 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 the standards of Manchester United have dropped. But we were elite. Now, I'm still stuck in that we used to be elite um, time. And that's not fair. However, Eric Ten Hag has come in. He's trying to instill his values, his philosophy in the, amongst everything else, dealing with big fires, putting them out, dealing with the Harry Maguire. You know, one of the things that people don't take credit for is the Harry Maguire situation. It's because Harry Maguire, like, he got away with playing for United because he was the captain. It's very difficult to bench the captain, you know. Now, Harry Maguire was played because of his price tag, which unfortunately is not Eric Ten Hag's fault, you know. So Eric Ten Hag has managed to strip him off that and put Harry Maguire in his place, basically. So Harry Maguire being... And you look at how he's performing for England, how he's performing for us. It's not good enough. Like, he doesn't belong here. He, he needs to go to a club where there is no pressure. You look at Elanga. Elanga was at United, but struggled to break into this team. When he was playing for us, he, he started good, but then all of a sudden, he just became a player that was like, listen, he's surplus to requirements. You know? Now, he, maybe that could have been, maybe it's the, 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 the badge. The badge is heavy expectations of United are very, very high. The expectations are huge. They're huge. He leaves. He goes to Nottingham Forest. And already in four games, he's got a goal and assist. I don't know, maybe two assists or a goal. He's thriving. No pressure. So there are some players that just don't... Like, it just doesn't work. And I think Eric Ten Hag dealt with that very, very well. I know with the David De Gea one, for me personally... I don't think it was handled um, well. And I'm only saying that because I'm biased towards David De Gea. I love David De Gea. I, th- I wish they would have gave him another contract. I wish he would have signed. I wish there would have been some sort of, you know. But again, David De Gea didn't want to be number two. Unless he was willing to be number two. Because Eric Ten Hag was adamant in bringing his number one. But I, I don't like the fact that they just let it, his contract expire and then, you know, it was just like, and the way he left, I, I really didn't like that. And now that's just a personal opinion. It's not based on everything. It's not maybe what it's good for the club because in hindsight, when you look at the decision into bringing Onana, you're trying to bring a better goalkeeper, somebody who's going to better the game that you are trying to um, the style of play that you're trying to instill in the players. So, ultimately, it just, feels, it just feels like I want us, I really, really want us to be behind our manager because he has just been positive. He's a breath of fresh air. He's been a guy that um, took us, I mean, we started off bad. Nobody actually thought that we were going to make it where we did made us get to third. And, you know, I think it's actually debatable. Like, there were some games that we could have won, and there were some games... You know, there are those games that you always get during the season that when you look back, you'll be like, if we won those games, we would have been in a better position. You know what I mean? And we were third, and we had, I don't know how many, like seven-something points, and Arsenal were not very far away from us. So we could have actually had better points last season.
If you're enjoying our podcast episode so far, please subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you are listening on. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel for weekly videos and follow our social media platforms for our latest updates. You can also visit our website to see our latest blog articles, join our FPR league on our community page, and join our WhatsApp community to get involved with our conversations. All our platforms for under the name Glory Reds FC. Now, back to the podcast. And that is a positive compared to the last previous, previous, what had happened before, you know. And uh, he comes in, takes us to third, wins a Carabao Cup, takes us to the FA Cup final in one season. And in the same season, deal with bombshell of Cristiano Ronaldo and the issue of benching Harry Maguire, why he's not starting and all those things. And also starting from a poor start. And now people want him to leave. People are saying that Eric Ten Hag is a fraud. How dare you insult my gaffer? How dare you? Any Manchester United fan that thinks that the gaffer is a fraud, shame on you. Because we need to be behind this man. Because if we were to lose him, say, just hypothetically, say we were to lose the gaffer, which manager do you think is going to be able to take over from here? And then we have to deal with the processes again. Those proce- the process of, of getting... Because the manager that's going to come in is going to want his own players. He's going to want to bring in his own style of play. Do you understand what I mean? So we're going to have to go through another reboot. And this manager is going to have to come and deal with the Glazers. And what's going on? And be a puppet. Come on, man. Are you guys even ready for that drama? Are you guys even ready to deal with that, for us to be in limbo and the performance, because the performance are going to be reflected. The players are just going to bring their heads down because it's like, ah, eh, you know. But let's be behind our manager. I have a very good feeling about this season. I know we have started bad, and I know I've, I'm also one of those people that's frustrated, and some of the players are actually frustrating me. Rashford is the biggest one that's frustrating me. Rashford, oh my God, he's frustrating me. I just wish he would stop overthinking and just do the things that he does best. I'm happy that we have a squad that, you know, when you look at it on paper and when everybody's fit, oh my God, that squad looks very, very good. Looks very, very tantalizing. Because you look Luke Shaw, we're going the butcher, Varan, Juan Bisaka. I am taking Juan Bisaka's, like I'm putting him there. I know that there's the law, but Juan Bisaka for me is a player that has resurrected, a player that has shown, like if players are looking, there are two players, Rashford, um, uh, last season Rashford, and last season Juan Bisaka all the way up until this season Juan Bisaka. You know, if you want to take an example of a player that has come through struggle, and got to know, seized an opportunity and never looked back. Juan Bisaka is that top example because he is right there and it looks like he's there to stay. The only thing that can stop Juan Bisaka right now is his injury and maybe four. But other than that, I don't see him looking back. He's looking very, very good for us. Then in the middle, you have Casemiro and Adam, um, Amrabat. I'm talking about a team when it's really physically fit. You've got... Casemiro, Amrabat, then you've got Bruno in the middle, then you've got Rashi in the mi- on the left, 
on the right uh, in the middle Hoyland but again that one is actually um, debatable because if Martial is fit because if I'm talking in terms of fitness hey Martial brings different qualities that we have actually seen because if you remember COVID Martial now you take COVID Martial and you bring the best of Hoyland like who do you think is going to top that because that is a very juicy, 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 juicy one. And considering the fact that Hoyland, we haven't really seen much of him, we are basing his, like we're basing our hope based on his potential and what the manager sees and what the manager is going to get the best out of him. But not really on track record because his track record doesn't really speak volumes. But for Martial, he has scored a lot of goals. And if you were to look at that center position, you know, it's, it's a, it's, if they are both fit, those two can actually duke it out. Then on the right, this side, okay. it's tricky. If we have everybody fit and available, you know, I'm talking Anthony, Sancho, everybody available. It's going to be tricky because because oh, Mason Mount is there. And Mason Mount is, I think, one of the most, is an ultimate utility attacking player that you can put in any of those attacking positions and even in the wing. And if he's fit, I would actually put him in there because if you just give the instructions to Mason Mount that do this, he's going to do it. Other than those other guys where you're just going to hope that they put in the cross because we've been hoping. We've been hoping, 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 hoping. So, yeah. So, it will be, be very interesting. And then everybody comes back and then Ten Hag is able to deploy his squad to the way he likes and the way he wants. I think we're going. People, we 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 are going to climb up. We're going to have difficult games, that's for sure. But I don't think it's going to be as bad as last season. I think um, our record against the top six is not going to be as bad as last season. Away, we've already started off poorly, but I think we're going to fix that. And I don't know why people keep on holding on to this poor record and uh, this poor away record. And people are forgetting about the time when Ole. Yeah, we're talking about Ole here. When Ole was in charge, I think it was that one season, I think the season where he took us to second. We had the best away record, and nobody is talking about it. Everybody's forgetting about it. We had the best away record in the Premier League. We were smashing everybody, and I think that was the time when Greenwood was just thriving. We had Pogba, Bruno. We had Pogba, Bruno, and who else? Anyway, there was that Pogba Bruno thing, that, that bromance that was developing. Greenwood was in the squad. Uh, I forgot, maybe Matic? I think, yeah, it was Pogba Bruno and Matic. I think we had that. We were playing very, very well. And, I mean, we had a good away record. We were winning away. You know? Not that we were not conceding goals. Now we were, but we were winning away. But everybody seems to have forgotten that. But because they've forgotten that because after that, we've just gone through a very, very difficult patch. Right up until now, we're at Eric Ten Hag. Now, Eric Ten Hag has managed to make United a fortress, which was something that was lacking in a very, very long time. And I think that gets an amen for me. I think that gets a praise for me because he has done the business. United, Old Trafford was not a fortress. People were coming in there and smashing us, like coming there. Remember Liverpool coming there and taking a piss at United? 
live, uh, city. Everybody was coming there and taking a piss at us. Even the small, small mid-table teams were coming there and taking a piss at us. And we were just sitting there doing what? Ayrton Huggins come in there and just said, you know what, I got this. We are a fortress. And it should continue being like that. Continue being like that. Be it city, whoever. You come to Old Trafford, you must know that it is late for you. So already there, he has done that for us. He needs to work on his away record. I think that he will consider it. If he gets his players, we will get those good results. And I'm really, really excited for him. I know people are undermining him and looking down on him and saying that, yeah, it's late for him or he might not do it, blah, blah, blah. You just wait and see. He might just pull another Houdini on you guys, you know, just pull another rabbit out of his hat. Provided that these players get on board with him. You know what I mean? But again, with everything that is surrounding our club at the moment, I just wanted to remind you guys of the positivity, which is, is, which is our manager. I've told you guys, I trust this manager with my life. I know he's no Pep Guardiola. He might not be even a Klopp. He might not be even a Carlo Ancelotti. But he's our Eric Ten Hag. He's our gaffer. He's, man... You look at him, he's the, he's the best representative of our club. His morals, he, he, the way he thinks, the way he wants to build our, our, our team, the way he is a football man, he is a coach himself. He has played the game. You know? Let's be behind our manager. Let's not jump into any conclusion, especially now that we're clouded with a lot of things. He's the manager. Let's let him be the manager. If he decides to put an arm around his player, let him do that. If he decides to talk down on a player, let him do that. He's trying to get the reaction. You know, like this Jaden Sancho situation. You know how I look at it. I look at it in such a way like, listen, he didn't want to put Sancho on blast. That question on its own, if you dissect it or if you look at it or if any manager was asked that question, it is a very difficult question to sort of ignore. Now, the way we are seeing the news that are coming out, it looks like he's trying to get the best out of Sancho. Every manager has tried to get the best out of a player by trying to aggravate him some sort of way. People look down on Jose Mourinho and Luke Shaw relationship. They're saying that Luke Shaw is the one that found true to a certain extent. But then it took Jose Mourinho to expose Luke Shaw, to put him on blast for Luke Shaw to be the great left back that you see him to today that he is. Luke Shaw did the work. He had to look down within himself and see what he's missing, what he's lacking. Because at the time, truth be told, he wasn't doing the job. Luke Shaw had a lot of blind spots. He wasn't the Luke Shaw that we are seeing right now. And Mourinho exposed him. Mourinho put him on blast. Now, people didn't like it, which is fair enough. But he was the manager. He was trying to get one of two um, reactions out of Luke Shaw. Well, he's going to get pissed off and say, listen, I'm going to show you. Or he's just going to succumb to it and just get defeated. And lo and behold, we have one of the best left backs in the world. If in the top five left backs in the world in Luke Shaw. He's injured right now, but he's there. And he's been through his own 
trauma because he broke his leg, if you remember. Now, Ayrton Hag put Sancho on blast to get one or two reactions out of him. To see if this guy's got that fire, that enthusiasm, that hunger to want to get back and do or prove the manager wrong. Or he will succumb to the criticism and fall. And based on evidence, based on everything that we are seeing, Sancho kind of folded. His reaction, his outburst, not long after what the manager said, he comes out and says that. Who are you addressing when you're saying don't read everything that you read? People, let who's people? The manager? Who? Who is people? You see, I've been a scapegoat. This, this. He exposed himself. He opened himself up to the media. He opened himself up to the world by doing that because now everybody's digging in on him, which is unnecessary. But he did that. Now, do we need that kind of player in our squad? You know, so the manager is now going to make very, very He's going to make big decisions for our club in the near future. Some of them might not rub you guys the, the right way. But trust me when I say that he is trying. Like it's, it's, it's in the best in, interest of the club. You know, when, I, when I, I... I'll just say this little bit. You know, the president of Tanzania, the late John Pombe Mangufuli. He came into power and took hold of the country in a way that people didn't like. It was necessary, but people didn't like it. However, people are enjoying some of the fruits of what he left behind. You know, the late John Pombe Mangufuli, one of my favorite presidents of Tanzania. You know, um, and... I am seeing that in Eric Ten Hag. He's going to make very difficult decisions. Even some of the changes. Like, I've already complained about some of the substitutions. But I'm not a manager. I'm a fan. He's seeing what he is there. Yes, they don't make sense. You know, like sometimes it does, looks like, it does look like he's given up or he's thrown in the towel. But he's the manager. We are fans. We are watching. Do you know how difficult it is? Have you ever... Do you have the qualifications to put in your two seconds? Now, we are fans. We are consumers. We just see. So try put yourself in his shoes in every aspect. When you are trying to throw uh, an insult or trying to criticize him, try put yourself. Say, okay, I'm the manager. Don't fantasize it. I'm, I mean, like when I say don't, fan, don't fantasize it in such a way like you see yourself winning. Nah. Put yourself in his shoes. Put yourself in his shoes about to receive the criticism that you're about to give him. And try to, see, try to understand why he did what he did. Try to listen to our manager's press conferences because he says a lot. He doesn't, he's a, he's a no-nonsense guy. He doesn't really beat about the bush much. Very straightforward. But sometimes you got to read in between the lines because of some of the questions that these journalists ask. So I just wanted to shed some positivity. I love my gaffer. I'm behind him. I'm excited that football's coming back this, um, this weekend. I'm excited to see what he's going to do because there are a lot of question marks. But I'm sure this week all our, answers are going, all our questions are going to be answered and we will get a definitive um, answer on what the future is for Sancho, Anthony, 
whether Amrabat is going to start, uh, the everything. So, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I hope you share the same sentiments as I do. I don't know what your thoughts. Please leave them um, on the comment section. Please share and like. Check us on all social media platforms. We appreciate you guys for listening. God bless. Peace.